You listening to me? Welcome to Greenhouse, by the way. Welcome to Greenhouse. It's going to be awesome. All right. Cool. Let me pray for you. Father, um, we're excited about getting to worship together. It's, uh, it's always a long week between Greenhouse, so I'm, I'm ready. I'm excited. Um, God, I'm, I'm particularly excited about our message tonight. Um, so I just pray that you would speak clearly through me and into the hearts of our students, um, teaching and challenging and encouraging them with a biblical perspective on what we're looking at. So um, I just ask for clarity. I ask for, uh, for you to minimize distractions in the room and ask for you to show up and move powerfully in our time of worship. We love you. In Sons, I pray. Amen. Grab a seat. Hey, um, will you get me a music stand? Thanks. All right. So if, if, uh, if you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles in the windowsills. If you can grab one or pass some around, that would be awesome. Um, because we're looking at a lot of passages tonight, and I want you to know what they are. Okay? So if, you, if you've got a Bible, get it out. You're going to need it. Get your little Bible app or whatever makes you happy. It's going to be good. I thought there was a music stand coming. We'll find out. All right. Yeah, if you, need, if you need to get up and walk and get a Bible, feel free to do that. No worries about that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So if we've got a Bible, we're going to be in the book of John tonight. Before we do that, last week I had you guys do a survey, right? 108 of you did the survey. 108. There's more of you here. Some of you just didn't do it. So whatever. All right. By the way, you're 10 off your high of the entire year tonight. You did fantastic. That's awesome. Um, way to go. So uh, I, I just want to tell you when you're doing well. So you're only 10 below your, your all-time high of the entire year. So that's awesome. Um, so last week, I gave you a survey, had 13 questions on it. And I was, um, the, the, the results of that survey, survey were very, very interesting. All right? I've been spending all week just staring at it because some of what you said I expected and some of it I didn't really expect. So it was, it was very helpful for me. So over the next several weeks, we're going to continue um, looking at questions and answers that, uh, that I was getting at with your survey. So we're going to be talking about things and, and kind of referencing this back and forth a little bit. So um, I was going to tell you a little bit beginning here. The first question was, do you identify yourself as a Christian? Um, 94% of the people in the room last week identified themselves as Christians. And that's cool. And there were 6% that didn't. And, I, and if, if you're one of those six and you're back in here tonight, I want you to hear that. That's, that's fine with me. Like, I'm not, I don't want to in any way make you feel uncomfortable because you're not a Christian in here. This is exactly where I would want you to be. And every single one of us in this room at one time or another wasn't a Christian. And when we're completely, uh, completely cool with the fact that you are in process of that and trying to figure out what you believe about our faith. And, and I, I just appreciate you being here, okay? So if, if you're on that end of things, totally cool with that. All right, so, so there was 6% that said that uh, they weren't, didn't identify themselves as Christians, but 97%, everybody but three people believed that God existed. 93% of you guys said there was evidence to support God's existence. And then it gets weird, okay? When we get to four, five, and six, those are the ones that pertain to tonight, and things get weirder. Number four says, is there a difference, a difference between the God of the Bible and that of other religions. I was, I was pointing questions at you for four, five, and six to get at the issue of universalism. It's a big word that, that is a, it's a philosophy that says that all religions are essentially the same. That no matter what you believe, if you're a good person, essentially at the end of the day, we're all gonna end up in the same place. So number four, is there a difference between the God of the Bible 
and all of and the God of all any other religion? And 94% of you said, yes, there's a difference. But 6% said, no, there's really no difference. They're all, it's all the same thing. We're just worshiping different ways. And I probably would have expected that. And number five, I asked, does someone have to accept Christ to go to heaven? Only 86% said yes. And, and 13%, 12%, whatever, 13, 14, something like that, said, said no, that, that you don't have to accept Christ to, to enter heaven. You don't have to accept Christ to be reconciled to Jesus. So there's some other way that that's got to be done. 86% of us said that someone has to accept Christ to go to heaven, and 14 said that no, they don't. And then number six, it said, will devout Muslims, Mormons, Buddhists, etc., spend eternity in heaven alongside Christians? And 24% of us said yes. That regardless of what religion that, that, you, that you subscribe to, regardless of what it is that you believe, if you're a good person and you're doing good things and you're trying your best at whatever religion you happen to have chosen, then you're going to get to spend eternity in heaven with God and everything's going to be fantastic. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. You can be whatever you want to be. And at the end of the day, when we all stand, we're all gone from this place. We're all going to be together. It's going to be like one giant party, regardless of, of what we believed and where we placed our faith. It just doesn't matter. A quarter of us in the room believe that it doesn't matter where we place our faith. That, students, is universalism. That is the, that's the exact definition of universalism, that it just doesn't matter where you place your faith. As long as you're trying to be a good person and you're doing what you think is best, at the end of the day, God's going to honor that. And it's, we're all serving the same God anyway, so we're all going to be in the same place. Students, hear me. Listen. That is not the picture that we get in the Bible. That is not a biblical concept. In fact, that is so foreign from God's word that that it just breaks my heart that there's a quarter of us in here that are, that are, have bought into that because universalism is a, is a philosophy that's been, um, pushed a lot by your culture, a lot by artists that you subscribe, like, uh, musicians and, and, and people that I would not consider experts on things. Uh, that's where universalism has its roots where people who don't know anything about Christianity or Buddhism or Hinduism or Islam, and they're like, dude, it all sounds basically the same. And somehow that's taken root in your culture. And even in a Baptist church in Monrovia, Alabama, 25% of us have bought into this idea of universalism that we're all going to end up in the same place. And students, by the authority of God's word, I'm here to tell you that it's just simply not true. And if that is the philosophy that you're living your life by, you have subscribed to a lie. And I don't want you to take my, my word for that. I want you to hear this repeatedly out of God's word. All right? John 14, John chapter 14, uh, verse 6 is where we're going to be. Go to John chapter 14. The New Testament is the back, like, 30-year Bible. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Find the 14th chapter, 6th verse. Before we read that, I just want you to evaluate. We have a little like a mini survey. Do you think that Jesus lied? 98% of you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead last week. 
not that he was raised from the dead last week. Last week you wrote down that you believed that, he, that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And only 97% of you believe God exists. I'm not sure how that works. But you believe that Jesus is a real person except for like 2% of you. And that's cool. And if you don't believe Jesus is a real person, we'll get there, bro, I promise. But, but for those of you who do, do you, that you believe that Jesus was raised from the, get, the dead, that he was the very son of God, do you believe that he lied? I don't, I don't believe that. Do you believe that Jesus got confused sometimes, maybe, maybe overstated or misstated what he believed about himself and his ministry? Do you think he got confused about who he was? Do you? Do you think Jesus is like bumbling around confused about what he's supposed to do as the son of God? I don't. Do you believe that the words of Jesus as recorded in the Bible should be trusted and lived by? Do you trust what Jesus says in this book? Like in your own heart, just evaluate this for me because it's gonna matter. Do you trust the words of Jesus to be true and worth following? If you trust the words of Jesus and you don't think he was lying or confused, then you're gonna have to wrestle with John 14, 6, if, if you're one of those 25% who wrote down that, that anybody from any religion is going to end up in heaven with us. You're going to have to wrestle with this verse. Look at it. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. Did you hear that? Did you hear the weight of that? There, was Jesus being con- confusing? Was there any like minced words there? Was that misleading in any kind of way? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That's a very simple, it's a very straightforward verse with um, immense consequence. Because what Jesus is essentially claiming is that faith through him is the only path to a way, to only path back to God. That for my sin to be forgiven, for me to be reconciled, to have, to have a, a relationship with God again, there's only one pathway toward that. It's like a Sudoku puzzle, man, where there's, there's one way to fill that thing out correctly. Somebody wrote Jesus on it and handed it to me. That is not right, <laughs> okay? Like, some of you are like, dude, I got one number. Congratulations, man. But there's a whole lot of numbers. And there's only one way. If you get one of those numbers wrong, I'm just going to put a seven in this little box. I'm going to put a seven right there. I'm going to put a seven. And then you're going down, you're figuring out your, whatever. And then a seven shows up on the same line. We can't have two sevens on the same line, right? You've made a mistake somewhere. There's only one way to fill a Sudoku puzzle out right. I hate Sudoku puzzles. I hate them so much. One time my mom, mom, Jessica and I used to have to drive back and forth to Texas all the time. I got a 10-hour drive. I get car sick. My mom buys me a Sudoku book. What are you trying to do to me, woman? You mean to barf on a Sudoku book? I'll barf on your Sudoku book. And I hate Sudoku. Like just, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Like, it's just dumb. But anyway, there's only one way to do it. And that's why you guys filled those things out because, because I... Because Jesus claims that there is only one way to do this thing right. That you can attempt a bunch of different things. You can try to find some different paths. But Jesus comes back and he's like, no, I am the, the way, the truth, and the life. And no one's coming to the Father except by me. There's not, there's not any other way to put this thing together. I'm it. There's no other way. I just, I'm it. I'm it. 
So if you trust the words of Jesus and you don't think he was confused or lying, you simply cannot subscribe to universalism. You can't believe that there's multiple ways because Jesus just flat said, that's not true. I'm the way, the truth, the life. There's no other way but me. And I want this to settle into your, your mind and I want it to settle into your heart because I hear universalist stuff all from all over the place all the time. I mean, as, as celebrities like bounce around religions and they're like, oh, it's basically the same thing. I just wanted to wear the yarmulke this time, so I just did that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a load of junk. So I, I really want this to settle into your head, all right? So we're gonna walk down through this thing real slow and we're gonna look at some supporting passages to make sure you got it, all right? So the first thing he says is, I am the way. Flip over to Acts 4.12. Acts chapter 4, it's the next, uh, next uh, book of the Bible over to the right. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Talking about Jesus being the way. Acts four twelve says this, and there is salvation in no one else. Did you hear that? There's salvation in who? There's no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no other name. There's no other path. There's no other thing. There's nothing else. And there's no salvation apart from Jesus Christ. Do you hear me? There's, <laughs> there is salvation in no one else. How much more clear can the Bible be? Sometimes students talk to me, man, they're like, dude, I'm, I'm trying to have a quiet time. I'm trying to spend time in God's word. It's just so confusing. I just have a really hard time getting anything out of it. Did you grab that? Because it doesn't get much easier than that. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we can be saved. This isn't like Google Maps, dude. You know, you pull out your phone, you're like navigating or whatever. Some of our uh, 10th graders are starting to drive, right? The other day I was, I was in the parking lot. Drew, where's Drew now? I want to make fun of you, dude. Brace yourself. I'm sorry. It's happening. I didn't even intend to do this. I'm just doing it off the cuff right now. I was out in the parking lot the other day on a Sunday morning. Um, I'm a big believer in, in you knowing, needing to know how to like work your car. <laughs> and uh, I really believe in letting people struggle to like figure it out, you know? I'm gonna be the guy who like puts Jack in the water and like, dude, figure it out. I mean, so, so Drew's out in the parking lot on a Sunday morning, it's after church. And, uh, and Drew's like, you know, he's, it's like his first Sunday. Was it your first Sunday driving to church? Second Sunday driving to church, brand new baby driver. And uh, so Jessica and I are standing by, he's parked right next to us. He's like slips in the driver's seat of his car, being all cool, you know? And then turns that key, nothing. You know what I did? I was like, call your dad, bro. I'm out. <laughs> I just left him there. I just left Drew sitting there with a dead battery because, you know, whatever. I just did it. I don't know why. You got your, Drew's got, he's a new driver. He gets his iPhone out and he's like, I need to go to South Huntsville to like go to the hospital and see grandma or something. You pull your phone out, you type in, I want to go to the hospital. And then Siri's like, okay, there's three ways to go, right? You're on Google Maps, you know, you, you put in an address and they got the dark blue line and you got the lighter two other blue lines, like options B and C. They're like, hey, B looks cool. B goes through swervy roads. I'll have a wreck and die. I'm going to pick that one, Right. <laughs> And you click the, you, you pick which option and eventually you're going to get there. You might go down Capshaw and then like take a take a what, ride on Jeff and then go down across 72. Or maybe you'll go up 53 and get that really long straightaway and like ramp your car into space. I mean, you don't know, but you get to pick which option you want to go. This is not Google Maps, dude. This is not Google Maps. 
This is really straightforward. There's one way. There ain't two ways. There's not 10 trillion ways. There's one way. It's not rocket science. It's very easy stuff. We have a, a lot of other, I mean, it was like the, the whole idea of, of Jesus having an exclusive claim on salvation just makes people mad. When I was in college, man, I had friends like this, or not friends, I had people that I hung out with that, that had a really big issue with Jesus making this claim. They called it the claim of exclusivity. I'm like, wow, you sound really smart, bro. I mean, there's Jesus saying there's one way. Like how, how, how can you say that your one way is right? Because my Savior said it so. See, I think, I think that sometimes we have a way of, of we, we think that we know best about a lot of different things. We think that we have a better solution sometimes than even God has because it just sounds good to us. And it sounds really harsh to say that, that if, if you're a devout whatever and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that you're going to spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell. That just sounds harsh, doesn't it? We're like, that doesn't sound good to me. So we come up with our own way. And here's what Proverbs says about our own way. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to man. Try Jesus being the way, right? Well, there's a way that seems right to me and you. And if you're in that 24%, there's a way that seems right to you. But it doesn't line up with God's word. So it says, there's a way that seems right to man. But its end is the way to death. There's all kinds of things that I think I know best about better than God. And Proverbs says, yeah, you've got a lot of plans and every single one of them leads to destruction. Jesus is the way. And he's also the truth. Flip with me. Uh, actually, I'm just going to read this part to you. You don't need to go there. Why don't you stay in Acts? Remember when Jesus was before Pilate? He'd already been betrayed. He'd gone to trial, right? And, and he's before Pilate. Do you remember this? And Pilate asks him this weird question. He says, hey, are you a king? Because the people who were accusing Jesus had been saying that he was trying to be king uh, of the Jews and, and trying to like steal them away from the, um, like the Roman rulers or whatever. And, and so the, the Pilate says, hey, are you some king? And Jesus has given himself up. He's, he's ready to die for our sins. And he's, he says this, you say that I'm a king. It's a great comeback. Hey, are you a king? You said I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how much, how awesome of a non-answer is that? You said I was. And then he goes on, he says, and he, he probably waited a second. He says, listen, Pilate, for this purpose I was born and for this purpose I've come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Jesus says, the reason I came, the reason I'm here is to bear witness to the truth. And he said, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus in John 14, 6 says, I am the way and the truth. And, in, and right there when he's talking to Pilate, he explains that, that the reason he came, the entire reason he came was to bear witness to the truth. What truth? What truth was Jesus bearing witness to when he was doing miracles? What, Jesus, what, what, what truth was Jesus bearing witness to when he was healing people? What truth did Jesus bear witness to when he walked on water? What was he proving? He was proving that he was more than a guy. He was more than just some teacher, that he was the very son of God given to us for our salvation. 
His entire life was spent bearing witness to the truth that Jesus was the rescue plan sent from from the beginning. That he was God's rescue plan for us to save us from our sins and pay for it on the cross. That he was the plan. He's bearing witness to that he really was who he said he was. There's truth. So Jesus is the way and he's the truth. And last he says he's the life. This one is the strangest one for me. It's pretty easy to figure out what, what Jesus is talking about when he says, I'm the way. That makes sense. And when he says, I'm the truth, that one makes sense. And he says, I'm the life. That one's harder for me to put a finger on. You know what I'm saying? That one's a little bit more confusing. And then I remembered John 3.16. Remember how that ends? It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting Life. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Jesus says, dude, I'm the life. I'm the pathway to that. I'm here to, to, so you can have life abundant both here and for eternity. I'm, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, man. I've, bore, I've, I've given witness to that, that I'm, I'm actually who I said I am. And I just There's only one way and it's through me. It's so that you can have life here and life forever reconciled to God. I'm, I'm, I'm the entire package. I'm, I'm all that, that you need. It's just a very simple statement but it's one that excludes any other path. There's no other way to fill out your Sudoku puzzle. This isn't Google Maps, dude. There's, just, there's one simple way, and it's through Jesus Christ. I think sometimes in the name of being inclusive, of trying to include other people and, and not, to, not to leave anyone out, we make Jesus a liar. That's essentially what universalism does. It makes Jesus a liar in order to include some more people. And dude, listen, if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear that I will not make Jesus out to be a liar for the sake of giving false hope to the lost. I'm not gonna make Jesus a liar by just, just to give false hope to someone else. I'm not willing to make that jump. I'm not willing to say, hey, man, I understand that it's a little bit harsh to say that that you can be a good person and apart from Jesus, you're still not forgiven. I know it can sound a little harsh to say, hey, I I know that you you have a different religion, but, but my Jesus says that he's the only way. I know that can sound a little harsh, but dude, I'm not gonna make my Jesus into a liar and say, hey, you know what? Jesus was wrong on that one. There's plenty of ways. I'm not gonna make Jesus a liar just to give someone else false hope. Because that's what universalism does. It gives false hope to people who don't have hope. I want to give them real hope. 
I want to speak truth in the lives of the lost. And I can say, listen, man, I've met this Savior, Jesus Christ, who was sent here to pay the price for all my sins, who loved me so much that he literally gave himself up to be beaten and tortured and nailed hands and feet to a giant piece of wood where he bled and died and suffocated for me in my spot where I should, he paid the penalty for all of my junk, all the stuff I've ever done wrong. He paid for it 2,000 years ago and offered himself as my forgiveness. Not because I asked him, because he just loved me that much. I have hope in that guy, Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to make him a liar just so I can let someone else believe that they have some security when they don't. Because students, apart, what this passage says is that apart from Jesus, there's no hope. There's no eternal security. There's no other way back to God except through Jesus. And for 25% of us in the room to say, dude, whatever, man, I, I, I claim to be a Christian, but if whatever you want to do is cool, then your Jesus died for absolutely nothing. Do you remember in the garden? Do you remember in the garden the night Jesus was betrayed? Jesus prayed three times, right? And everybody else is up fooling out back there, like falling asleep over here in the back, right? And Jesus kneels down. Do you remember when he prayed? Where's it at? Remember him sweating blood, knowing what was coming. Sitting there in the dark, he prays his prayer. He said, my father, if it's possible, if it's at all possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Father, if there's literally any other way to provide salvation for all of these people, then dude, let's do that. Because I don't want the entire sin of the world placed on my shoulders and me to go pay the price for it tomorrow. I do not want to do that if I don't have to. And he says, but, but not my will, but yours. So God, if that's the only way, let's do it. If that's the only way, let's do it. He gets up, he allows himself to be taken, he allows himself to float through court, given hilarious responses to judges and people, and he allows himself to be beaten and tortured and killed for you. Because Jesus believed it was the only way. For me to come back 2,000 years later and say, dude, you're, that's not the only way. There's plenty of other ways. Man, if I can just if I, I can just pick any of these other things, I can do any of this other stuff, and that's going to be good enough, then what was Jesus doing on the cross? Why didn't God answer in the garden and say, dude, there's, there's like 10 trillion other ways, bro. Come back up to heaven. Let's party. I mean, what, do, what is Jesus doing bleeding and dying on the cross if there's other ways? Because what universalism says is that my Jesus is a liar, and he bled and died on a cross for no purpose whatsoever. And I'm just not okay with that. Students, for those of you in the room, man, who, who don't have a relationship with Jesus, you've never met my Savior, you don't have a relationship with God, I, I want you to know that, that me and so many of us in this room love Jesus deeply. We've found hope and security and forgiveness and freedom that we never knew existed. 
And you can too. I don't know what way you've found or which way you've thought's best, but Proverbs 14.12 says that the way that necessarily seems right to us is a way that leads to death. There's only one way to redemption. There's only one way to have your sin forgiven, and it's by the blood of Jesus. It's by trusting in him, making him the savior, the master of your life, turning from your sin, following after him with everything you've got. Believing that he was who he said he was, letting go of your way and following after him. And that's an incredibly simple explanation of it. But that's the gist of it. He's provided a way for you. And it's the only one there is. It's just up to you to take it. If you would, just, just bow your head and close your eyes with me for just a second. And no one, no one move. Um, I just want you. To, I just want you to get to shut out everything in, in front of you. I, we're not praying or anything. I just want you to think for a second. Do you believe that there's really only one way? Do you believe that Jesus is that way? He's the only way to salvation. The only way to being forgiven? Do you believe that he is that one way? And if so, man, have, have you had a moment in your life when you placed your faith and trust in Jesus and committed yourself to follow him for the rest of your life? Have you done that? Because if, if you're just identifying yourself as a Christian arbitrarily, kind of a I hang out with Christians, so yeah, I'll claim to be a Christian too, but you've never had a moment when you came into a relationship with Jesus. You've never trusted him. You've never committed your life to him. Then students, you're not a Christian. Being a Christian in name only does not make you a Christian. So tonight, if you heard that that Jesus is the way, and you're ready to follow him with everything you've got, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I haven't explained everything there is to know about what it means to become a Christian. I haven't explained everything about what it means after the fact, what are, what, how Christians live and what, what, why we do what we do. I haven't had a chance to explain everything to you tonight. So I want someone to get to speak with you, to answer questions for you, to help you wrestle through stuff. And then if you want to come to a decision to follow Jesus, they'll help you with that too. So tonight, before the band comes up, dude, if that's you, and you've come to find out tonight that there's one way to be forgiven of your sin. There's one way to a relationship with God, and you want to follow that way. You want to follow Jesus. I want you to get to talk with an adult. So here's what I want you to do. With no one looking around, except our adults in the back, I just want you to slip a hand up in the air so they can see it. And when our band comes up in a minute, somebody's going to tap you on the shoulder, and you guys are going to go hang out for a couple of minutes and talk while the rest of us keep singing. They aren't going to pressure you. They aren't going to do anything weird to you. They just want to answer questions. But I want to have you, I give you the opportunity to talk with somebody. So, so right now, anywhere across our room, man, if that's you and you need to have a conversation about following Jesus and, and what that means and how to do that, that you're not ready to trust your way one more day, but you want to trust in Jesus with everything you've got, then, then slip a hand up so just so I can see it for like two seconds.
Anywhere across, nobody's looking around. Nobody's looking around. Anywhere across our room. Okay. I didn't particularly see anybody, but man, if, if our, our adults are looking around too, if they saw you, then they're gonna come get you in a minute. But the rest of us, what we're gonna do, um, band, if you'll come on up, still nobody's looking around. Um, we're gonna sing one more song and we're gonna celebrate the fact that Jesus loved us enough to provide a way. Because students, I don't know if you realize this or not, but God didn't have to provide you with anything. God didn't have to come for you. God didn't have to send a rescuer. But he loved you so much that he, he sent his son to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. He didn't have to do that, but he chose to for you and for me. And that is worth celebrating, students. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for you, and then I, I just want you to stand with me. And I, I'm going to go stand somewhere, and I'm going to scream this song because I like this one. And, and I just want you to get to worship. Worship God for the fact that he loved you enough to provide the way. So I want to pray, and you stand with us. Father, um, we love you. And, and, and God, we, we trust you, we trust your word, and we trust the fact that when you say that you've provided a way for us, that that's real and trustworthy. So God, I, I just ask that, that as, 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 as you continue to work on the hearts of students and the students in here who aren't believers yet and, and, and they're wrestling through the fact that you claim to be the only way, I pray that you would call them to yourself, that you'd give them a boldness and a desire for you that would overwhelm any fears and anything standing between them and you. But for the rest of us, God, the only, only response we really have is thank you. God, you've, you've given us people around us who've placed their hope in other things. Make us be people who trust you enough to speak to them about the way. It's your son's name, pray. Amen.